Low Playdate. This is Don. This is Nick. And I'm Ryan. This week we are covering Playdate News. Indie Games of the Week. And Season 1 Week 12 releases, which means it's the final update of Season 1. Skibbly-dee-doo. Can you even believe it? Oh my goodness, you guys can start talking anytime right now. Wow, we're going to have to edit all this out. <laughs> wow, we're going to have to start all this over. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. We're going to have to write a new uh, intro next week because we won't have Season 1 Week 12 releases. Or not next week, but uh, in two weeks. Yeah. Because we the... are changing our schedule. Which brings us to news and notes. News and Let's notes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna shake things up. So we're gonna change our schedule to uh, every every two weeks. Now that mm-hmm. season one is done, the grueling release schedule is over. So. <laughs> that was a lot to keep up with. I don't know about you guys, bit, but I yeah. really was kind of feeling it. Like, oh man, I got to get to these games this week. But there's now a pile of games that I would like to further dive into. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I want to go a little deeper on games from this season and s- some indies that have just not had uh, enough time to spend some time with. So, yeah. sure. What do you think, Nick? You okay with this? Oh yeah. Um, Wipe away your tears. I'm 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 excited. So, uh, looking forward to talking with you all uh, into the distant future. Every other week. From <laughs> not so distant. Let's see how this goes. Let's try every two weeks and yeah. see. Uh, maybe season two is right around the corner. Hey, then we'll start ramping up. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, so listeners, you'll see us in two weeks. Yes. Uh, what is it? August 2nd is the next one? Oh boy. Something like that. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Eventually, you'll get another episode and we'll leave it at yes. that. Yes. Yeah, that's sounds, sounds great. Just oh, this week. I found Ryan. a calendar. Hmm. Uh, got a question for you about uh, leaderboards. Oh, uh, I know about one leaderboard in particular. Tell me about <laughs> That's it. That's about it. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> My question is, uh, there's been some activity on one of them in particular, and uh, there's a new name that's uh, shot its way up to the top. Yeah, what was that? What was that name? <laughs> it wasn't Ryan. <laughs> It's Hello Playdate Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Changed that name around. <laughs> Got us a little guerrilla marketing in there. On yeah. the top Some viral of marketing, yeah. Leaderboards. Nice. So, so you couldn't fit the URL in there, huh? No, it, it gives you 20 characters. So we had exactly the number of characters in our podcast name that I could toss in there. So nice. Don and I, you know, we're going to have to change our names so that we can get the full url and you then know position what? ourselves as two and three and so don could be dot and then you could be calm and then people would know where to find us if you there guys got go. number two and three does that sound like a plan <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to give up and crash into a wall just the right moment <laughs> on purpose <laughs> but on top oh of man well thanks for doing yeah. that yeah i like the viral marketing you got going that's pretty pretty neat and congratulations totally. on being on the top of all of these snake leaderboards. That's incredible. I figured since I was being that obnoxious, I better do something <laughs> useful with the top of every single leaderboard. You're so, allowed to play all yeah. of the other games that you were just complaining about not having time to play. <laughs> well, that was one of them I was having fun with. So anyway, got yeah. to one. Okay. 
We need to get you on top of Whitewater Wipeout because every Playdate yeah. owner is oh, going to have that game. Oh gosh, it's going to take I've, a while to get to Snake. I've I've given up on getting onto the top ten of Whitewater Wipeout. It's those scores are just so far beyond my very highest score. Like I I have not topped uh, six hundred thousand yet. And there are scores into the millions. I, I don't know how they're doing it. So I, I they're really not playing wanted... snake. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> even in my heavy, heavy whitewater days, I was not able to get even close. So I don't know. Um, we, so little boopity boop, 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 sneak peek here. Um, one of these upcoming episodes, we are going to have a, uh, higher level gamer chat between myself and one of our discord members. We'll leave it secretive for now, but um, I'm really looking forward to diving into some of these games and really talking like higher level strategy. I, I hesitate to say high level because I am nowhere near the top of most of these leaderboards, but this particular person is outdoing me in most games, all games that are not named snack. Uh, he is outdoing me, and so I, I really want to dive into some of this in a future episode. So if you are listening and you want some tips and tricks, uh, boy, howdy, are we going to have a heck of an episode for you. It sounds good. Yeah, keep yeah. an eye out for that one. Uh, I, can you guys cl- open this link for the uh, stack game? This is not a good segue, but uh, open this link. <laughs> I just noticed this. I have not played this game yet, but look at the top of this itch page and there'll be a link in the show notes for the game stack on itch by mm-hmm. Charlito 33. Look at this, this bar at the top. It says help this game reach its goal. Have yeah. you ever seen this on itch before? No, it's a crowdfunding I, thing, huh? Yeah. I never noticed this. It has like a, a bar you fill up and they were trying to raise $50. They raised $68 so far. I just thought this was really interesting. I, I didn't know if you guys knew more about this, if it was a, a crowdfunding thing and then the game would get published or if it was just like a fun, I don't know, meter to see, to gain interest, to, I don't know, push sales. I just thought it was kind of neat. I'm always interested to see how games are selling and whatnot. And this is just another metric to, to view that that we don't often get to see is just purchasers and players of Playdate games or itch software. This, this is really interesting because I'm going to go out on a limb and guess in a very ignorant way that this is not a crowdfunding model. Like I'm guessing Mm -hmm. that this is just the goal of what the developer hopes to at least make off their time. And, uh, but I can't imagine that somebody's going to come to itch and plunk down three bucks and not get anything for a month or two. Like I'm guessing you download it just the same, even if it was not funded. Thankfully stack seems to be funded at this point, whatever Mm -hmm. that means. And I, but this does raise a whole lot of questions like funded for what it is the goal only like internal and, what is the money used for? Like, I don't care what stack or Charlito 33 uses this money for, but uh, it is a little odd. I mean, you know me, I've done plenty of crowdfunding, but I, I like the transparency of an outsider, me being able to understand how much money a game is making, but there are a lot of, there, there's a lot of opacity here. Like a lot of questions I have about this. So, uh, 
I, I just did uh, some quick Googling. Okay. And uh, it turns out this feature has existed since uh, 2014. Huh. Um, and uh, it is not crowdfunding. It is just a, a goal for how much they wish to achieve. It's typically used for fundraising campaigns like uh, 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 bundles for causes and, and those kind of things. So a um, little unusual to see it on an individual game like this, but uh, it's certainly a thing that can be done. So this shows you uh, the total sales. So it's just a feature that a developer could, could toggle on when yeah. they publish mm-hmm. their game? Okay. Yep. Oh, so it's just interesting that they toggled it on. It's kind of cool. It shows the percentage of the goal, how many people purchased the game, I guess, at, at a price. It looks like you cannot pay less than $2 currently. And the average contribution, which is two twenty six, so you have to pay $2 or more. So that indicates that people have paid more in some instances. And the top contribution is $7. Mm-hmm. So all interesting stats to me. Um, but like Ryan was saying, it's, just kind of different for them to be there and wonder why, but I like stats too. I like, I like the metrics. So are the uh, facts and whatnot. So I don't know. So I don't Nick, know why it's that, there, but sure. In that brief Googling you did, did it give any examples of the fundraising uh, efforts? Like you said, it was unusual for a single game to do this, but what else do they do? Do multiple games all put their contributions into a single pool and donate it to some cause or something like that? Like, yeah. is that a thing uh, that's available or? Exactly. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, are a lot of different uh, cause bundles on itch uh, or have been um, especially prevalent, prevalent from uh, 2020 on. It seems like there's frequently one in the news. So um, that is uh, a thing. So a lot of developers, Big-time developers, small-time developers band together and they put uh, their itch stuff into these mega bundles that you can purchase for some small amount or donate more uh, towards the cause. Um, Mm. And then you get access to the whole thing. It's kind of like the humble bundle model, Mm -hmm. but you get access to everything regardless of contribution uh, level, I believe, with itch. Yeah, I think last week there was an LGBTQ, some sort of bundle fundraiser, which was mostly uh, PC software, but there were two Playdate games. One of them was uh, Fish and Feathers. I don't remember the other one, but it was kind of cool. You, I think the minimum was like $3 or $5 for that bundle. And you got all these, um, I don't. it was like 20 some or maybe more uh, PC games, but also those two Playdate games. So... And I guess you could see, well, I guess you could see how far, uh, how much money they'd raised. And maybe Mm -hmm. it had a a graphic like this at the top. I already had those games and I don't play PC games very often. Very, very rarely do I. So I personally did not jump in on that. Um, But a lot of times I'll hop in on those charity bundles just because Mm -hmm. uh, it's a good cause. Very cool. Maybe we'll start seeing some of those for Playdate games before too awfully long. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. Speaking of indie play day games, you guys want to talk about your indie boop, boop, games boop, of the week? Boop, boop, boop. Indie mm-hmm. games of the week. Nick, Nick. want to go first? Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Um, so I don't know if you all are familiar with this animal called a cat, um, but the game that I wanted to talk about. I've seen the memes. <laughs> the game that I wanted to talk about is called Cat World. And it is 
a point and click adventure game style game uh not exactly point and click uh okay bump, good you lost bump an adventure but... yeah uh adventure game where you're a cat and uh you've apparently fallen off of the top of this city and you've lost friend uh who fell down with you and uh you you wake up in a an impact crater that's cat shaped <laughs> Uh, and you have to make your way into a town. So um, this was a uh, pretty funny and uh, charming little adventure game, and I really enjoyed my time with it. It's only about 15 minutes long, um, thereabouts. Uh, so it's a pretty quick little jaunt. Uh, it does end on a cliffhanger, so uh, the author has promised more in the Cat World series. This is only chapter one. But uh, it's extremely well made. It's a pulp game, um, but it frequently uh, kind of pushes against the edges of that format, and I think it's uh, it's done very well. Uh, the music, in particular, very very good. So, hmm. um, if you're interested in uh, cats and adventure games, uh, light role playing, that kind of thing, then uh, Cat World might be for you. I'm looking at the screenshots here, and this looks like a great pulp game. I've not mm-hmm. played this. I didn't know about it until you mentioned it right now. But, uh, you know, the pulp sprites occasionally feel pretty limiting. Like there's only, you know, I can't remember, X number of pixels, 8 by 8 pixels or something you can work with to make a, a character sprite. And I feel like we've kind of seen a lot of pulp character sprites starting to look samey samey but mm-hmm. haven't seen a cat yet this is pretty cool <laughs> and to, to make it a black cat i mean it's perfect uh, so really nicely done and the environments look super great too whoever's yeah. developing this I, I forgot to look at the developer who is this nick it's uh paw prints yes paw prints. paw prints yes so paw prints whoever you are this is obviously a work of love I love the foliage, the varying uh, scale of foliage. I see like tiny grass. Mm -hmm. I see big trees. I see logs down. I see pathways. I see rivers and lakes. Like this, this is a labor of love and uh, exciting to hear that there's probably going to be some more nice work and a lovely um, manicure on whoever the hand model was for cat world nice job <laughs> on all of this photography and now you've got me interested in the the music too sounds great yeah cool. um i i would love to hear what you think about it ryan um since this seems like it would be right up your alley there's a little status screen even for you uh and uh some other things so it's it's pretty impressive things that i haven't hmm. seen done with pulp in quite this way before. Uh, so it's, uh, it's pretty neat. Hmm. Cool. Very cool. Awesome pick, Nick. Thank you. Downloaded, but haven't played yet. <laughs> All right. Well, Somebody's going to play it. it. Yeah. They're waiting for you. Yeah. I'll um, it. Uh, Ryan, yeah. what about you? Well, I downloaded and played a game called Brick Crusher 2020. This is by developer Aliasaria, and um, it's basically a port of Arkanoid. Uh, you know, we had the like 
Arkanoid spaceship from last week. And this week we have another very Arkanoid-esque game. And I saw this and thought, well, what the heck? Let's just toss one more Arkanoid game in the mix. And I thought they did a great job representing um, the original game. The brick configurations are not identical, of course, but they do drop various pills from the bricks, which we have not quite seen yet in these Arkanoid-esque season one games. Um, you are not able to tell what these pills are like you are in the original colored Arkanoid. Um, they all look the same. So when you pick one up, it might be something that you do not want. Um, so that was a little frustrating. I found myself starting to avoid pills once I got like a long bar or something that was useful. Um, Another thing that I would like to see in Brick Crusher 2020 is variable speeds. I feel like the speed it gives you, at least for me, is kind of slow. Um, started feeling a little monotonous after a bit, um, a little a little chory. <laughs> but I feel like if there was a settings that allowed me to adjust speeds, like I'm sure this is a, a perfectly fine speed for someone, uh, um, but it made me feel uh, restless. So um, that would be another suggestion of mine. Um, but essentially a, a very good port of Arkanoid. Nice job, uh, Alicia Saria. Yeah. So what do you guys um, think? Have you seen this before? Ryan, I, I've just got a question for you. Uh, over on the right-hand side, there's a mm -hmm. meter that shows your speed. And yes. uh, by default, it's it's slow, obviously. But there, it looks like there's five different speeds. And I'm assuming that they increase <laughs> based on... There's Ryan playing in now. Um, based on the pills that you collect. So did you notice that the speed could increase i did notice the speed change at one point um and perhaps it was because of a pill uh but mm -hmm. i'm not entirely sure why the speed increased so um hmm. if i could start with a faster speed that would that would make me happy um so maybe some more clear labeling on the on the pills themselves would would help you although that would take some of the challenge away um <laughs> depending on the port of Arkanoid, I seem to recall maybe the NES port, it was difficult to know which power-up you were going to get, yeah. if it was even possible. Um, you kind of so, memorize what, what, was, what was what. Yeah, I, I feel like this might be kind of faithful in that way, but um, the other thing I'll say is that this game looks like it has the clearest uh, <laughs> graphics for one of these Arkanoid style games that I've seen yet on the Playdate. So mm -hmm. I'm very excited to try this out. Um, I'm a, I'm a big Arkanoid fan, but I've had, uh, I've had some issues with, with the different ones so far as I've, as I've documented many times, got to <laughs> turn the lights on and so forth. So um, yeah, this looks, this looks super playable and, and looks great. So looking forward to trying it. Yeah, as you mentioned, really nice level of contrast, easy to see. Um, and also, it allows you to control your paddle with either the D-pad or the crank. So if you're more comfortable with the D-pad, you can hop over there. Or if you want the variable speed of the crank, which I, I think is really nice, uh, you've mm -hmm. got that too. So yeah, very cool. 
I I am really uh, curious about the name though. Like, did they start developing this in 2020 or what? Because like <laughs> that is a year that I think most of us would prefer to forget. And so attaching the game to that year oh. seems like it dates it. And also, uh, I don't know, gives a little stigma to it. <laughs> I Am I alone like in a, thinking that? I thought yeah, it was like I, a funny throwback. Like, I did too. Uh, on Conan <laughs> O'Brien, they would do like uh, in the year 2000, these like futuristic segment. Like, yeah. But it was, you know, in the past, in the year 2000. Ret- retro futurist. Yeah. Um, Maybe the joke went over my head, but I was like, ooh, that's I, I like the name. First thing I liked was the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Well, Don, you're going to love this game because it has a killer title screen font. So okay. go check that out. Ooh, it's got wings worth, and everything. Worth looking at, okay, worth checking out on. So, How, how's uh, the music in this game? Um, okay, uh, thinking diplomatically. Um, almost non-existent <laughs> and some light sound effects. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, that's sometimes that's that's good to know. Yep. Because uh, there's. There's some games that uh, you know I want to have cranking, and then there's other games that I want to, you know, be listening to something else. So yeah, yeah, you can you can pop on a record for this one. There's not much to nice. speak of. Yeah, all right, um, podcast game. Yeah. Uh, have you guys played Nyand Ny- oh, let's see Nyandinoid? It's another Arkanoid game for the Playdate. I'll put no. a link in the show notes. It's very very well done. However, excuse me, kind of like what Ryan was saying, it kind of goes on too long. Like because the the playdate screen is so small, it's kind of hard to lose the ball because you're only you only have so much real estate to take care of to manage the ball. So I just played forever and kind of got bored, and so I just kind of let the ball go at a certain point. I feel like that's an area of QA that lacks a little bit in some of the indie games. Like uh, as much as I enjoyed Avava last week, like it, you could sort of play it forever once you got in the groove. Uh, it sounds like that's the same case for you with this game, Don. So maybe if they have a little time to mm-hmm. you know, tweak and peek some of that stuff, uh, I think some of these uh, sleepers could really be some killer games. It, it's so early in the play date life cycle. Life cycle, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's still training wheel period for some of it. And sure. by no, I I'm very very impressed with what we have right now, even with uh, Nyandoid, Nyandoid. Like I mentioned, it's very very polished. But yeah, I think we're gonna see just get better and better, and more and more progressive, and maybe even updates for these games get better and better as we go. I mean, it says I purchased Nyandoid. 59 days ago which hmm. is really the infant stages we're still yeah. in infant stages so right S- speaking of updates for brick crusher 2020 it does say on their itch page this is currently in development there are currently five okay. levels soon to be more question mark and it was just published seven days ago so this is very hmm. new um so we might be seeing more levels we might be seeing some of these updates we're talking about who knows but um cool to see that uh the Aliasaria got, I need to just stop trying. Aliasaria. Thank you. Uh, uh, cool to see they tossed it up there and that it is quite fleshed out um, and real fun yeah. too. So lots to love about this game. 
I wonder what the motivation is too when the user base is so small that they're making $45 or whatever the first month and then, you know, $35 the second month as opposed to 10 grand the first month and 15 grand the second month or something. Well, I think I I would guess it's love of the form. You know, this yeah. this little yellow handheld with a crank is just so cute and precious and like there's there's nothing like it you know it's so charming uh i mean like i want to design something for it and i'm not planning mm. on making any money off of it i know nick wants to as well we've all talked about it you know so i don't know i, I think they're they're all passion projects and if it's amazing anything gets made honestly yeah. no i think you're right i think you're right but i was just thinking fuel for the fire if they were making if they made a bundle right away they'd be more excited to spend more time on it right away. Sure. Well, it's, it's the chicken and egg situation though. Yeah. That, yeah. That's probably true. Got to kind of build out the platform first. Eventually yeah. everybody will have uh Playdate two implants in their heads, but <laughs> yes. we, we got <laughs> to get to our ears. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Arm will be cranking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my, my indie game of the week is art seven, but it's kind of a very spoilery game. And so we're going to talk about it at the very end of the show. So I do recommend art seven. If you haven't played it, I do recommend playing it. Uh, it's, it's definitely worth a look and there will be a link in the show notes. Uh, I would definitely play it before listening to the spoiler talk, obviously, but I would say that the experience is worth uh, playing it first. So if you've already played it, wait till the end of the show and then, then listen after our upcoming season 12 excellent thank you ryan so getting into the season game of the week let's talk about b360 oh yes so, can i talk about this one yeah, I really, i'm excited about this one okay b360 is uh arkanoid had a baby with tempest um so it's essentially a radial version of Arkanoid. There's bricks in the center in some sort of formation, and you are rotating your paddle in a circular motion around the outside. And uh, there are four walls. Essentially, you are inside a square. And if your paddle misses the ball, you have one chance on each of the four sides of the square that encases the play area to uh, have it bounce back in, which I think is uh, a really intelligent and amazing uh, ball save that they give you. Um, I am a big fan of this game. I feel like they have this um, difficulty level dialed in perfectly, just pitch perfect. It starts you out pretty easily, slowly ramps up, uh, I was cruising along in the levels to the point where I thought, well, I'll probably uh, complete this by the time we record. And by the end, it really ramped up and I've been banging my head against one of, not the, but one of the final levels for a while now and have not been able to pass it. I feel like if I had another week or two, I could probably get through the whole thing. But um, I think that's perfect. I think that's exactly where they need to be. Uh, and just to rewind a little bit, the game is set in space. So each of the rounds are titled galaxies. And then each of the levels within the rounds or galaxies are titled planets. So you have 10 galaxies, 10 rounds. And then within each galaxy, within each round, you have 10 uh, levels. So a hundred levels total. I've made it through about 
95, 96 of them so far. Um, and just super enjoyed my time with it. I'm going to shut my yapper for a minute and see if there's anything else to add before we start talking about one another's experiences. What did you guys think about this? I know you downloaded it. Did you play it? Nick and I both cringed when you said like perfect uh, difficulty scale. Nick, what what are you thinking there? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, Well, I found this game to be uh, a really interesting concept. I really like, (laughs) I liked the startup screen where you have to crank and it, it completes that. a circle. That was really cool. I really liked the soundtrack. I thought that was great. Uh, there that. was nothing Ooh, more yeah. frustrating than having that sweet driving music and then uh, not being able to do anything because I am <laughs> just terrible at this game. Oh, uh, man. The angles, like it's like playing pool where you don't control where your cue is. False. It's, it's extremely, <laughs> extremely frustrating to play for me. Um, uh, so yeah, I knew you would say that because obviously it's like Arkanoid where you can control the trajectory, but planning that yeah. far ahead in this game, I found very frustrating and difficult for my skill level with this particular control scheme. Now I only played with the crank. I saw on the page just now that you can control with the D-pad though. No, so no. I, that's not you- true. You can release the ball with the D-pad. Well, that's not that's not a help. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I I've like the concept of this game, but it is not a Nick game. Um, Don, what did you think? I'm somewhere maybe between the two of you. I think <laughs> I think the paddle is not as responsive as an Arkanoid paddle in that when you hit the, yeah. the, the ball on the side of the paddle or the back of the paddle, I guess, uh, it does not count. Like it, it will clip, it will clip through the paddle. Oh, Whereas really? Sometimes I would want it to hit the side of the paddle to get a certain spin or angle. And it does not do that. Like, especially, mm. uh, let, me, let me start from the beginning. When the game starts, there are coins you can collect. And I am a massive sucker for collecting coins. <laughs> Ratchet, stuff like Ratchet and Clank, um, Super Lucky's Adventure or whatever. Any, any games, Skylanders, anything you can collect coins, I love. But the coins are only here for points. Like I thought I was going to be buying upgrades or something. There's not, as far as I know, in the planets, the galaxies I've been to, you're not spending the coins on anything. You don't really collect them besides points. So I was bummed about that. There's not even coins in every level. They're just kind of there randomly. You don't even have to get them. You just have to uh, destroy other blocks. So I was, I loved it. And then I was bummed that it didn't matter. So then uh, I tried to like, some levels are just not fun i mean some levels are great (laughs) some levels some planets are great and i've really enjoyed what they were going going for and like the shape was really interesting and fun and Mm -hmm. it was cool trying to just get the ball in just the right spot and some of them were just not fun like you'd really have to hit just the perfect angle and not only that you'd have to hit it over and over maybe eight nine ten times in this one exact angle but since you're on a flat surface in a circle it's very difficult to do and the ball cannot hit the side of the paddle. It can only hit the front of the paddle. So you can't give it English on the side. You can only hit the front surface of the paddle. Ryan's shaking his head, but I tried hitting the side and it clips through through the back. And hitting the walls, I do love the idea that you can hit the walls twice before they're gone. So you mm-hmm. kind of get like eight free hits. But then the ball like clips back through the paddle th- from the backside. 
So like I want it, I want the paddle to be a solid object that n- the ball reacts to on all four sides. So you don't you don't get two hits, do you? I thought it was only yeah. one per side. No, you get two. Boy, I was getting one. Yeah, no, me you get too. one, and the the wall goes from a thick wall to a thin wall, and then the next time you hit it, it goes away. Boy, my mm. walls went away yeah, in mine, one hit. Mine didn't do that. <laughs> Interesting. Look at it. Look at it again. I don't know. On mine, they definitely go from a thick wall to a thin wall. Just a very okay. thin one pixel, I guess, width, and then they go away if the second after the second hit. Huh. Huh. Um, I wonder if that's a hidden setting we haven't found. As far as I know, there were no settings, know. but I mean, that that is definitely part of the game because I was hitting the walls a lot because I was terrible. I would get, I would have a good run of like enjoying maybe five or six uh, planets in a row. And then I get stuck on one for like 20, 20 plays in a row. And I'm just like, this is not fun. I'm not enjoying That's, this. That, that was the moment that I bounced from the game actually was, was I had, I had a run like that and I was like, all right, I, I think I get this. I had I had a little bit of trouble with the first couple of stages, and then I was like, "All right, I think I I see the way the ball bounces and so forth." And then I hit a stage. It was within mm-hmm. the first galaxy. I think it was number nine, and uh, I was just I kept at it over and over and over again, and could not make any headway with it. Uh, got extremely frustrated with the design of that, and felt that the lack of precision um, that I was experiencing, Ryan, I can hear you shaking your head, even though I'm not looking at you at the moment, um, <laughs> ca- whoosh, caused, whoosh, whoosh. caused uh, my enjoyment level just to, to plummet. But um, I, I wanted to agree with something and then okay. I want to rebut something. Yeah. yeah, go for yeah. It. I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? Was there more to say, Nick? Uh, I do have a little uh, Easter egg type thing that I wanted to bring up. Uh, hmm. Okay, but, go for it. I didn't mean to cut you off. But let's do that after after your rebuttal here. Uh, okay. So go ahead. So first, I agree with something Don said, which was talking about the coins. And I think Don had an amazing idea that coins should be worth something. If you're going to go through the trouble of collecting them, like a power-up of some sort, maybe it gives you those double walls for those of us less fortunate to only have single walls or whatever, (laughs) you know? Uh, I think that's an awesome idea. Um, I found myself just completely ignoring coins. And if I picked them up, great, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying for points. I was trying to complete levels. I was trying to complete planets. so I just kind of forgot about them after a while, but yeah, it would be great since they're out there for them to do something purposeful. Agreed. However, <laughs> strong disagree on the sentiment that the paddle is not sensitive. I feel as though that paddle is wickedly sensitive that mm. you can hit it in the center and it goes up. And if you hit it just off center, it starts going to one side or the other. I and agree it, with I that. Progressively more and more, uh, you know, the angles become more and I, more. I, I don't think you understand. I uh, agree the, with you, Ryan. Yeah. So I, you're saying that the direct side of the paddle does not get hit and the, the back of the paddle does not get use hit the and that upsets you? I don't use the corners. I feel like I've hit some extreme corner shots and it bounces almost sideways. Nick, what were you about? What were you going to say? My critique on the controls is more based on uh, relative cranking. 
So Oh, really? You want yeah. it to go faster or what? Yes, always. Oh, I could say a hundred percent of the time. So this game and every other game where I have uh, qualms with the crank control uh, just relates to how difficult it is for me to maneuver in the way that I want to do it. Oh, so wow. uh, if that could happen and Ryan in a hundred percent of these instances, you're like, I totally don't believe it. Uh, uh, and we've had this situation with other games this season. So um, I just want to point out that perhaps the method of control for this and, and other games where I seem to have trouble are ones w- where you happen to excel, which is great. Um, but for whatever reason, it, it does not click with me. Uh, the, the speed with which, uh, your actions are mirrored on the screen. Hmm. It's so interesting to hear you say that you wish it was faster because I feel like there are so many instances where I need just like hairline precision to, manipul- to, to manipulate that crank in order mm-hmm. to get the shots that I want. And if it was going faster, oh my land, I don't know how I would progress if it was faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, There's- I don't know. There's two things to look at then. If it moves faster, you want the the actual paddle surface to be less sensitive. You want to be able to move it to the other side of the galaxy faster, or the other side of the planet, but then not be as sensitive as far as the angle, uh, the bouncing yes, off at I a would agree. angle. Yeah. I've played uh, a lot otherwise... of Arkanoid clones, and some of them are not as sensitive as far as the angle and the English you put on it when it kind of when you hit it off of it. A lot of pinball games have this type of similar thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that would make a difference. And we know, like we've had the privilege of playing uh, a lot of games that are in production and whatnot. So we know that the the crank has different things that can do that analog movement. So being mm-hmm. either um, directional, down is always down, up is always up or whatever. So we know that it can have different sensitivities. And I think if that was just an option yeah. for the player to choose the one-to-one of it, Either one to one or faster or slower or whatever. Yeah. Then Nick can play how he wants to play. You can play how you want to play. That's that's got to be like a setting they can put into the SDK that developers can just toss into a game to say, here's a crank sensitivity setting. There is, but there's there's other work involved in that, yeah. like game balance stuff. So Balancing, I under yep. I understand this is the vision. This is you know what they wanted to make, yeah. um, and. Not every game has to be for everybody. So even though yeah. Ryan, uh, I know you're incredulous, but uh, <laughs> you know, so let I me, might... yeah. Let me spend ten coins to skip a to skip a stage. Yeah, that would be amazing. That'd because be it would give you a reason to collect the coins. It would give me a reason to keep coming back because I could go back to those earlier stages, collect some coins, and then skip past number nine, where I'll be stuck for eternity. Yeah. Um, and then maybe see some more of the game. So. Yeah, that's that's genius done. First time I played it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a top three game for me. This is all stuff I like. Tempest. I love. <laughs> yeah, I Arkanoid, love, I love Arkanoid. I love collecting coins. I love mm-hmm. the music. I love the theme. I love the like weird names of the planets. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, these are all super weird. I loved everything about it. And then I was like, oh, I got to like one of the levels and was just like this level blows. And then I came back <laughs> to it like two or three days in a row. I was like, oh, this damn level again. So then I'm trying to bounce it in this little wiggle, this little squiggle over and over and over. It's like, this is just not fun. Another thing, Nick, what if you could see the circle? It doesn't change any gameplay, but you could just see the circle on the screen. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, maybe as far as my bouncing off the side of the paddle thing, maybe that in my brain that would change the way I'm yeah. hitting the, the ball. Yeah, that, that's like an accessibility feature, which yeah. would be good to enable probably. Um, but have it off by default or something. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't want to spoil too much. Oh, go ahead. Or, or even make it artistic. Like maybe there could be like a heavier concentration of stars around that uh, circle or something to that effect. So I've had yep. the game for, for over two weeks. I didn't notice until this past Sunday, two days ago, that the stars in the background turn as you're turning the crank. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't notice <laughs> that either. That, that totally cool, wigged but, me out. When yeah. I start focusing on it, it it's a little disorienting. <laughs> it is. Once I notice it, I was like, oh, hell, what is all this? But uh, <laughs> I didn't even notice. Um, we, we need to get going. But uh, I had one more question, Ryan. When the little like box shows up on the outer edge... Does that do anything? Like if, if I hit it or if the ball hits it, it, it destroys it, but it doesn't seem to take my life and doesn't seem to hurt anything. The, the little box is a power up. It's a sticky. So when you hit oh, the okay. box, the next yeah. time your ball hits your paddle, it sticks and then you can okay. go wherever you want. Yep. I did notice that, but I, I viewed it as an enemy at first. So I thought okay. so too at first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. You need to go. Guys, oh God. Guys, guys. Uh, <laughs> there's a little Easter eggy thing that, oh, yeah. uh, Don found right before recording the podcast. Huh. Uh, B360 is actually uh, oh. another game that was made by Panic for Mac OS 9 originally. Hmm. Uh, and it's uh, there's a page on archive.org about it and the uh, story of the game. Um, Don, uh, hopefully you don't mind linking that in the show notes and, oh. and people can yep. check that out. Yeah, uh, but there's a whole means. backstory and everything. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. And we didn't even mention this was uh, programmed by all Panic staff. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the soundtrack's great. You can buy the soundtrack. So there'll be a link. The soundtrack the is great. This was the first game I plugged in headphones for and was really oh, nice. The soundtrack. So yeah, <laughs> nice work. Cool. Yeah, so we got it. We have artwork's oh, great too. Everything is great except a couple of major things we discussed for the past <laughs> yes. half hour. Okay. okay. Uh, let's rank it. Let's rank it. Uh, Ryan, where you at? I'm going to put this at number seven under Omaze above Flipper Lifter. All right. Despite everything, I'm putting it at number 11. Top half. Not bad. Okay. I'm putting this at number 18 uh, right underneath Forest Burns. And 87 numbers above Whitewater Wipeout. (laughs) (laughs) Two numbers above. Yeah. (laughs) He's got my all number right. two at number twenty-three <laughs> down there. So, all right. So let's all talk right, about. Right. Uh, let's get to Ratcheteer, so we can eventually talk about Art Seven too. Indeed. Yes. What's this game okay. all about, guys? Uh, Ratcheteer, Nick, you want to do this one? It has a very long summary. I'm not going to read all that. <laughs> uh, I don't have the summary up here. Everyone oh, knows. okay. It's basically it's a Zelda type game. Uh, you're you're a little mechanic, okay. apprentice mechanic. Oh. Play is an apprentice mechanic tasked with maintaining steam-powered cryo-colonies constructed for humanity to sleep out an impact winter following a celestial collision. Your master mechanic is abducted during some unplanned maintenance, setting off a lo-fi, top-down action adventure that finds the young ratcheteer exploring the interconnected tunnels below the surface and a vast snowshin above to rescue friends, foes, and strangers alike. Um, so, as Don said, this is pretty much... Link's Awakening on the uh, original Game Boy. Uh, everything from the movement to the uh, uh, flow of combat and the the way that 
you move your sword, except it's in your right hand instead of your left, um, is pretty much exactly <laughs> Link's that Awakening. Detail. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this game uh, uses the features of the Playdate uh, in different ways. The crank is used in a couple ways. First, in Link's Awakening, there was a charge attack where you could hold down the attack button for a period of time. You mm-hmm. power up and spin in a circle. And in this, you can just spin the crank. And as long as you're holding your sword wrench, uh, it'll flip around in a circle. Um, you can also get a lamp. And unlike the lamp in A Link to the Past, for example, you have to charge this one up. So uh, you get it, you can turn it on, and it shows you the immediate area around yourself. But you, if you crank it up, you can see a few spaces further. So it's pretty handy to, to crank it up. And as long as you have it uh, in one of the two item slots, it will maintain that, uh, that distance view. Um, different enemies and uh, wildlife respond to the lamp in different ways. And uh, just like in Link's Awakening, uh, there are a number of different dungeons that you delve into. Each one contains at, at least an item uh, that can be used for traversal. So you find yourself going back to different areas in order to proceed further into the story, and uh, it's quite enjoyable. Uh, if you are a fan of Link's Awakening, this is an easy, easy recommend. Um, it has a few uh, design quirks uh which i'd love to to talk about <laughs> yeah um but uh first let me hear what you all think about it um don uh, uh give, give me what you got yeah we should mention this was uh, designed by sean inman music and sound effects by matthew Grimm, and illustrated by charlie davis uh nick legend of zelda came out six months before metroid but wouldn't this be a metroid like you got to have the thing before you go in a certain thing aren't metroid likes zelda likes there we go. We're we're back to the original conversation. What the hell? Yeah. yeah, the whole world is um, wrong. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I suppose. Yeah. Okay. So, um, at, at first I was like, oh yeah, I love these type of games. But then right away I was like, why is everything dark? I this is pissing me off. Everything's dark. It's like the on the play date. This is the we were just praising some game last week on everything not being dark. Oh, it was a battleship. Uh, how bright it was. And now this is like the exact opposite. Everything's so dark. So that was a major knock on it. Just everything kind of looked the same because everything was dark and it drove me bonkers. Um, I did make it through like a, a simple puzzle, but a puzzle I liked with the the little groundhogs Mm -hmm. and I was still having fun. And then I got into like the first dungeon and kind of got stuck for like a week and was just, felt like the biggest idiot on earth could not figure out what I was doing wrong. And I I was just passing a door over and over, but since everything was so dark, I just couldn't see the door. I guess I just never noticed this one door that I had to walk through. I didn't need a key or anything. It just, when I touched the door, it unlocked itself, um, which was kind of irritating because why was there a door there that I don't need a key for when clearly there's a door that I do need a key for. So I was just looking for a key spending all my time going back and forth thinking, what am I missing? Because everything kind of looked the same because it was in the dark. Everything just mm-hmm. looks, a, you just see a little bit of light on it. Um, I know I'm just, I'm just shitting on the game hard, but um, it was, it just drove me nuts. Um, I Go yeah. ahead, Nick. Sorry. Uh, so after you complete the first dungeon, you turn the, turn the lights on. Okay. I'm, I'm not there yet because then I got to the boss 
Yeah. And I just was reading it wrong. I'm like, this is not complicated. I keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it, but I was hitting it wrong, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Nick, Nick told me I was hitting it wrong, but this was like Sunday. I think Nick didn't play it till Sunday, yeah. which was two days ago. And I didn't play it yesterday. So I'm still on that boss and I am on the first boss. I haven't seen most of the game. I've read the discord spoilers and stuff. So I kn- it sounds like there's a lot of other stuff in the game. Mm-hmm. I just haven't seen it yet. So I feel like it was, was a real frustrating start to the game. And I kind of wish they had maybe made the darkness chapter way later in the game. The dark woods, make the dark, the, the lost woods way later. And maybe I would have had a better start, but, uh, Ryan, what, where are you at? Yeah, I, I feel you on the darkness difficulty. Like it just throws you directly into darkness. And I like the lantern mechanic that to crank, you can see a little farther, but even when Mm -hmm. you see a little farther, you can't see much. (laughs) And even in the very first building that you're tossed into, it took me an embarrassing amount of time to find the door to the outside. Even like I was stuck there for a while and I felt like in that first building, I was experiencing the same thing you were Don, in the later dungeon or whatever you were talking about. So um, I don't know. I, I feel like over the course of season one, and I'm not citing ratcheteer for this, but over the course of season one, I feel like I've, had sort of a a crisis of faith, (laughs) meaning I always fancied myself as a quester because I grew up playing Dragon's Quest. I grew up playing, you know, Zelda and different questing dungeon games and really enjoyed them. But now in my early to mid 40s, I think my life or the way I'm living life is very differently than I was when I was, you know, 10 years old and had infinite time in the world. And now I find myself very drawn to these quick scoring games and really played the overwhelming majority on B360 rather than Ratcheteer. It wasn't until today that I really like found some time to relax with this game with my son. Like I said, Hey, come over here. Let's play a new game. And I just let him do it. And we kind of just had a nice relaxing time. Like, Oh, what's that over there? You know, trying to see through the darkness. Oh, wait, maybe we can go interact with that thing. And that experience was nice, but I, I don't know. I'm having a very difficult time personally getting into questing games, even though I feel like that's part of my identity and it's, it's very strange for me. So I don't know. This is one of those games that I feel like I'll probably come back to when there's Mm -hmm. not the boom, 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 weekly pressure of two games to talk about. Um, I don't know. Uh, That's, that's kind of where I'm at. I did not get far. Uh, I was 360ing it mostly. (laughs) Uh, Well, I, finish the game it's about three and a half hours long i did absolutely everything you possibly could in this game except for open one treasure chest um which i just kind of ran out of time for otherwise i would have gone back and gotten that one too um i went back into the dungeons multiple times to get extra items that you couldn't get until you had additional items later on um the whole thing i thought was extremely fun um and it is a really nicely crafted Zelda clone. Uh, some of the graphics that are used are pitch perfect from my memory of Link's Awakening, but probably 
uh, quite different if I were to compare them side by side. Link's Awakening is one of my favorite uh, Zelda games. Uh, it's it's way up there on the Zelda pantheon for me. So uh, immediately I was pretty hooked. I will say uh, here here are my couple of uh, things that I would I would say about this game, and that is that uh, it lacks a lot of the humor of Link's Awakening. So there there's a little bit of that every so often, but um, it's for the most part deadly serious. So it's it's sort of like a mixture of the plot of Chrono Trigger and then something more lighthearted like Link's Awakening. So um, if you're into that kind of post-apocalyptic story, it might be um, a game for you. If you're into Link's Awakening at all, I would say, um, it's probably for you. You might have to to fight your way through that initial darkness area. But I will say it lightens up quite a bit as you progress. So um, if you have the time or inclination to go back to it uh your opinion might change in the future so um something to something to think about and the music is killer oh yes music is so good (laughs) and there are different themes for uh the different areas of the world that you go into and the way that the synthesizer is used is so impressive in this game it's incredible um the dungeon music in particular, there's only one dungeon theme, which I was uh, a little surprised that there weren't different ones for the different dungeons, but hmm. it's a killer theme. So uh, I'll let that slide. <laughs> I did go on Bandcamp and listen to the whole soundtrack and it, it's excellent. Hmm. Yeah, it is. So very impressive. Um, so should we rate this thing? Yeah. Hey, Don, can you toss the link to the Bandcamp? soundtrack in today's episode because yeah I for sure to, i would love to take a listen to that too yeah it's it's so good yeah it cool. definitely will and i will revisit this yes nick definitely thanks for letting me know that the darkness thing is only early game yeah i was wondering about that too if it ever goes away <laughs> yeah. i like your suggestion though don that seems like a, a higher level maybe they just really wanted to push the use of the crank right away but yeah i agree with you don seems like an upper level thing i do like the the crank use early on um all right nick where are you putting this i'm gonna put this at uh number five right under pickback pup whoa all right ryan i think i'll toss it at number 15 uh, under forest burns above zipper for me. All right. And I've got it at 16 right under battleship, right above whitewater. So our season is done. Wow. Mm-hmm. My should we, land. Our, should we say our top fives real quick? Yeah, let's do it. Don, why don't you start? All right. My top five, number five, Omaze, number four, hyper meteor, number three, flipper lifter, number two, echoic memory, and number one, pick pack pup. Nice. Ryan? Uh, Looks like I've got number five, Pickback Pup. Number four, Casual Birder. Number three, Hyper Meteor. Number two, Crankin's Time Travel Adventure. And number one, White Water Wipeout. Excellent. Uh, For me, number five is Ratcheteer. Number four, Pickback Pup. Number three, Crankin's Time Travel Adventure. Number two, Casual Birder. And number one, Demon Quest 85. (laughs) Very good. So I... I just got to yeah. say, we 
collectively do have one game that made it in all of our top five. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's true. Big Pack Pup. So, you know, all you have to do is convince us to come on our show. No, that's zero <laughs> bearing. We reviewed it before we even talked to us, which was, yeah. which was nice. So yeah, we, that was true. Good. we did talk to the dev, but in all fairness, we reviewed it before he, we even talked to Nick Menier. So. Yeah. I just, I just, yes. but anyway, Hey, congratulations guys. We made it through, uh, we did it. 12 consecutive weeks of two games in a row, two games yes. a week, I should say. Yeah. Nice job. Applause. Three games. Yay. With the indie games. Um, True. Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks, speaking, speaking of, should we uh, close yes. out and move to spoilers? Yes. Yeah. You, you want to say our uh, where they can find us and then we'll hop into the yeah. after show Easter eggs about Art 7? Yes. Thanks for listening. Uh, check us out, playdatepodcast.com and uh, what whatever Twitter is and all that other stuff. It's in the show notes. <laughs> so all of our socials, I don't know. It's Hello PD Podcast, I think. That's probably where we're most active. But the Discord, we're, in the, we're all in the Discord pretty much every day. So if you want to get in touch with us, that's probably the best place to chase high scores and uh, talk smack and whatnot. So thank you again for listening. And now a comprehensive review slash spoiler cast about Art 7 by Ledbetter Games. Okay, so Ryan, I got to ask uh, how, I mean, I know you don't care about spoilers, but ha- did you finish Art 7, quote unquote? I did not finish Art 7. I made my okay. way around. I, I looked at a number of, of uh, things on the wall. <laughs> okay. And I did make it out of the building and find like a a jukebox land or something and okay. uh, a, a couple of different areas, but I did not finish the game. Okay, I'm not a hundred percent sure what finishing is still just yet, but I did <laughs> get you. a little yeah. further today. I went back in. One thing I love about this is that it has constant save states. So no matter where you are, you turn the game off, you hop back in, it saves your spot, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- whenever you look at a piece of art, it has a kind of typical art gallery. You walk up to a piece of art, you can look at it, you can read the, the inscription about the art piece, and there was art submissions from all different. Um, Playdate luminaries and uh, devs and whatnot, which is really cool. I think it's such a cool idea. You can have this art gallery in your pocket. I can't think of any other game, period, video game that does something similar to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think this is so neat that the Playdate has this so early on. But also, there's this there's this portal like meta game around it. So you you get these pieces of ether. Whenever you look at a piece of art, there's a piece of piece of ether near it, and you, so you grab that too at the same spot where you would read the inscription and then you can walk out the door and look at other pieces of art. So I don't know, Nick, is there something for collecting all the pieces of ether? As far as I know, no, not for all of them, but there okay. is something after you collect a certain number of them. And, and what is that? Is that access to the portal? Yeah, it's access to the portal in the janitor's closet. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got to the portal today. I can't, I can't offhand remember what it did, but it wasn't like that drastic a thing do you remember what it what it did when you walk in there uh it takes you to another part of the map if i recall correctly yeah um and there's a piece of art there which uh expounds on (laughs) the nature of being and then you're warped back out into the sunshine yeah yeah to to the side kind of overlooking another area okay um 
or no yeah you're right it's right out it's front the, of the building in the front yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. did you walk um, around the front though oh yeah around the cactuses and stuff ryan did you explore the outside front i did yeah okay talk to the rats and whatnot haven't talked to rats yet maybe i need oh, to yeah. walk around some more out there talk to the rats yeah the rats are the okay. best characters okay there's a little bit of a narrative in there um you definitely mm-hmm. want to find your way into the sewer become the shed master did you yeah. make yourself up to the rooftop? Use the crank to crank up to the rooftop? No, I haven't got there yet either. That's a blue like style of... elevator. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like there's a lot of this game I have not seen yet. I I was sort of under under the impression that it was like just an art gallery <laughs> to look around in. And <laughs> so was I. I. <laughs> I was so impressed that uh, there was this other narrative going on and their mm. threads uh, throughout and between the different displays it's actually very impressive and Mm. on a much larger scale than i was even anticipating that's Um, very cool it's it's neat and even uh the patrons of the art gallery and the staff of the art gallery you can talk to them over and over and kind of get different you get different replies some of them you have dialogue options at a certain point um i guess my only a small knock there is that when you make a dialogue selection um you will get a different thread but then you have to d- go through the conversation again to get back to the selection screen i wish you could just kind of like hop back into the dialogue selection um, there was only the conversation again one of those npcs right that uh had that where you... that made a difference uh i don't know where it makes a difference the the curator you have to have at least three or four different options oh, that's right yeah, yeah yeah but then the shack master or whatever shed master that's where you make a decision right um i don't know what happens i can't remember i said i wanted to be the shed master it was either you yeah i mean you have to right i think you you can choose to or not to yeah ryan if you get to the shed master i guess choose not to be the shed master and let us know what happens you gotta be kidding me i gotta master that shed too you gotta master the shed yeah (laughs) the cool thing about that is that it changes the way people address you in the world after that Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty neat. Uh, I, I thought that all the little rooms, cause I was walking along the outside of the building and I thought all the rooms were blocked off and just like gingerbread. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, you can just see, I didn't realize that doors were the little triangles until later. And then I was like, Oh, I can just walk into all those and interact with stuff. And, oh, that's cool. And then uh, also the freestanding art exhibits. I didn't realize you could interact with those until later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can walk up and collect out there from those, which is pretty yep. cool. Yeah, I was actually really impressed, even just within the gallery or the museum setting, how they were using, I'm assuming, pulp to make all these and Mm -hmm. to have these different experiences. Like having a wee bit of experience in pulp, I saw some of what they were doing behind the scenes and like moving away from that top down uh walkabout adventure into like you're looking at a wall but you're still using some of these like pulpy mechanics it was very interesting to me and i i thought that they again pushed this uh, limited development platform yet again um so yeah mm-hmm. really cool stuff even in the, the limited amount of experience i had with the game did you read the postmortem nick briefly i i don't remember much from it <laughs> Okay. He got into the different uh, coding languages that he used. He didn't really mention pulp much. So I, yeah. it looks like a pulp game, but then he was talking yeah, about Lua and some is. other stuff. So I don't oh, think yeah. it is either. Yeah. Huh. 
it seems like he, maybe he made it look like pulp or he mashed two things together or something. I don't know how any of that works. So I was kind of just over my head. Hmm. I know yeah. he definitely mentioned Lua and something else. And then he said he had a problem when he mashed them together, it broke something. And so some of the postmortem was about that. Uh, I just, it was all Greek to me. So I don't, I don't really know. It looks like this came from love 2d, which is a, a framework. Um, and okay. yeah, interesting. So yeah, Lua, Lua is an interesting language. Um, okay. It's okay. Well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, did you find any QR codes when you're playing? Um, it's been a little bit. I do not recall QR codes off the top of my head. Okay. There's one on your way to the sewer um, that leads to like a website for the game, which is pretty neat. <laughs> but then Nick, did you find the Bandcamp album? I did. Yeah. Okay. In the, in the jukebox so, graveyard. Yeah. Oh, so that, that one that takes is, a couple Okay. Of that's where I found it. Yep. Okay. That one takes another a couple steps to get to, but that was another cool one. And he mentioned several times that there's secrets that he doesn't think anyone's discovered. So I was mm-hmm. thinking they were QR codes because he's noticed there's been no visits to those sites or something. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure how he could tell if people found them or not. I reached a point where I f- felt like there was nothing else for me to do in the game. Yeah. I talked to everybody. I explored everywhere or so I thought. I had a rat outside of the front of the building tell me that I needed to speak to their king. And so I went back down to the sewers, explored, talked to every rat down there, including the king, over and over again. And um, I feel like I ran out of things to try. So uh, this is totally my kind of game. And uh, it, it hooked me for way longer than it should have, just <laughs> running around the world trying yeah. to see what I missed. Um, so I this is one of those circumstances where I wish I knew what I didn't know mm-hmm. <laughs> because there, there's something that I've missed. Uh, maybe. Um, okay. I'm going to ask him now that we've had this conversation and been through it. Um, the only thing I could think of is that there's a, an image basically takes the whole screen of a woman and there's something, it says like, come back later to change, maybe change the image or change your clothes or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. Oh, I think I've seen know, her a couple times and it's been the same clothes, but maybe, you know, that's interesting. Uh, no, it, it does change most times, but the randomizer is, uh, it's not weighted against uh, an image that you've seen previously. So I sat there and did that a billion times to, to see the different options. Oh, okay. Um, and there are a lot of different options. So, um, but uh, I was going to say that's an interesting feature in and of itself that you can go to an exhibit multiple times and uh, there'll be different presentations some of the algorithmically generated artwork is pretty interesting from a uh computer science standpoint um it's it's neat the whole uh presentation is pretty cool um so anyway sorry (laughs) no no i'm glad you did that because now i know i can go visit her a couple times and see the difference yeah the the randomly generated images were interesting but i i think even more interesting and commendable is the fact that ledbetter reached out real early to a lot of people and included mm-hmm. so many pieces of artwork from people in the playdate community like that mm-hmm. he did not have to do that like he could have made his life so much easier by just yeah. plopping in whatever artwork he wanted to but the fact that he took 
a lot of time and care to toss up images from so many different people. I I was astounded at that feat alone. And then to find out that the game was so much deeper than just looking around an art gallery is it's, it's all pretty astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I would like to see in a future update, and maybe that's something that I can do one day would be more music. Each of the jukeboxes in the world plays the same set of tunes, I think. Um, so I interacted with everyone that I found and because uh, I thought maybe there's a secret in there somewhere. I didn't play all the songs on each jukebox, so maybe that's a, <laughs> a place where I fell down. But um, mm. but yeah, they all they all have, uh, if I recall correctly, the same track list. Or maybe there's two different I think so. sets of track lists. Yeah. Um, so maybe more music because it seems like there is a lot of room for music to exist and perhaps that's planned in updates. You know, it's just perhaps art, uh, visual art was the first goal and maybe music will come later. No idea. Cool. Well, very ambitious project. Anything else you guys want to add or, um, I was provided a review copy of this game. Were you all? Yes. I was. Okay. Uh, that's good to disclose, but Just to uh, yeah. that transparent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It is currently at uh, $7, but it's on sale 7% off right now on itch. There'll be a link in the show notes. I'm not sure how long that sale is good, but I guess if you made it this far. Hopefully you already own it. But uh, if you don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like this is definitely worth picking up. I do too. Um, so. And it was, it was on my list to buy uh, before yeah, me too. Uh, we received review copies. So, that was that was very nice and uh totally loved this game so if you if you have the ability worth worth the play give it a look yes definitely all right well thanks guys we will catch you in two weeks all back right. in two and two <laughs> thanks right. everybody bye